You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 69. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. You are listening to me live at least in my world, from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm on a little journey right now, getting away from Los Angeles, California. And in this amazing journey that I have, of course, I'm only here in this city because Tom Rigsby's here. And you will recognize him from a couple episodes ago when we were talking about scarcity and abundance and side hustles and all of this jazz. And one of the things that we have really been talking a lot about in this trip that I have been having here has been personal responsibility uh, via cause and effect and choice points. And so we're going to bring on Tom today to have this conversation because he coaches entrepreneurs and just how to have uh, time and location freedom. Uh, his One of his favorite sayings is clarity, confidence, and control. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. He's the one who introduced us to P4F in episode two, and no doubt we will touch upon that here and there. But without any further ado, Mr. Tom Rigsby. Hey, man. How you doing? I oh, mean, I'm so glad to have you on. We just got done doing like an hour of uh, me on your radio show, and I was like, well, that's it. I don't want to stop talking with microphones in front of us. Let's start shooting podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it's just so much fun. It is. And I, and I think one of the reasons it's so much fun is because it no longer just becomes what I think about certain subjects. We start adding on a second one. You know, we, we get your person, your personality, your perception, your perspective on so many things to bring into the show. And then this just gives people another opportunity to hear deeper on some of these things that I talk about all the time. Well, I mean, let's just jump right in the deep end of the pool. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Let's right. do it. So we, we were talking about this the other day. Um, having someone else to talk to, I, you mentioned the radio show. I do a local radio show here. I love having guests on the show. It makes my job a lot easier, but it also gives me an opportunity to explore other people's perspectives on whatever the topic is. And so for your audience, I would say, don't be afraid of people that have a different, different opinion than you do. In, embrace that figure out why they have a different opinion than you do try to learn from that perspective because something i just shared on the radio show you know if you if you go into the bank and you expect it to take five minutes and it takes 15 you come out and you're upset if you expect it to take 30 minutes and it takes 15 you're happy the only difference was, was the expectation that you projected on that exchange well if if i am open-minded enough. I have a growth mindset. Thank you for using one of my favorite words. (laughs) Chapter one of College Success Habits, the book. Um, If I am am open-minded, have a growth mindset, and I'm able to listen to someone else's perspective, maybe I just am more convinced that my perspective is correct. But what's more likely is that I'll see that it, uh, maybe I wasn't looking at the whole thing. Well, you know, we were, I was talking about this with your wife last night about how it seems that a lot of people don't 
want to hear somebody else's opinion right. on a belief like we, religion. Let's just go with politics because that's such a divisive issue now because we've attached our identity to our belief and our opinion. And so if somebody else steps to us with a, with a differing belief or opinion, a different way that they're seeing things, because we've attached ourselves to this identity, or we've attached our identity in conjunction with this belief, we immediately want to block and repel, because right. if that person even remotely sounds correct, all of a sudden our identity is shaken at the core, when we shouldn't be attaching our identity to these beliefs and, and opinions anyways, because so much information can show up and it could change on its own. Anyways, so here's a great example. Let's go back in history, right? And there were many, 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 many people who attached their identity to knowing that the earth was flat. And and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some people listening now because that's become a popular thing. Netflix Beyond the Curve absolutely yeah. is a thing. I do not believe that movie, but it's awesome. Um, if your identity is found in being the sole person in your sphere of influence that believes the earth is flat, you don't want to hear people prove you wrong. I mean, because they're undermining where you've placed your identity. But I would suggest to you, why are you choosing to die on that hill? Right? Why don't you find your identity in being the person who's open-minded and, and growth-oriented and who will who can talk to people with different opinions. I, I've said repeatedly, I think one of the great travesties, one of the great losses that we have experienced in our society over the last 20 or 25 years is the ability to disagree with each other. Yes. I mean, you and Absolutely. I don't agree on everything, but we have some of the most amazing conversations. And, and I, it, it may be because we don't agree on everything and we're bringing different perspectives to it. Well, and that's one of the things when we talk about football or politics or religion or anything, I mean, you know, even no two people who like the same football team are going to like the same football team for the same reason any more than if you if you if two people who love Jesus or are of one Republican or Democratic Party are going to like them for the same reason. All right. So just because we both root for the same team doesn't necessarily mean that we believe in why we're doing that for the same reason. And I agree that our conversations are so multi-layered because I go into them knowing you're not trying to convince me to believe your way. You're just, and I just want to bring information that I know to the conversation to expand upon what we already know. Right. And if in you, I, I call you Tomopedia sometimes because you just seem like you could literally... You could, you could, I don't want to even say argue. I would say debate because debate is whenever you do stuff when it's without, I don't know, getting emotionally triggered. You could debate any topic, both sides. And you even said the other day that that was quite a compliment because you put a lot of effort into knowing both sides because if you don't, then is your opinion even well-founded? Right. Well, and, and I think that, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of a professional requirement, right? I mean, I, um, for the context of the radio show, I have to interview a lot of different people from a lot of different industries, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, I sit in on, uh, as a panelist on political shows. I, I mean, I, I, I have to know what's going on, what the history of those things are, what the potential impacts are in order for me to form a cogent opinion about, you know, why it's important or not. Right. Um, but but even more importantly, I think for me to fully understand what I believe, I have to fully understand the context 
that that belief was formed in. And, and very often we inherit our beliefs from someone else, right? When we're, when we're very young, we inherit our beliefs from our family, right? And then as we get um, into young adulthood, we begin to push back against those beliefs because we have other people in our lives that say, you know, our, our parents, great example, you know, well, your parents might not be right about everything. They might not. That's true, right? But then that opens your mind to hearing somebody else's opinion, and it's the first one that you hear that's different from your family's opinion, like, oh, I like that better, right? But you don't understand the full context from, from whence that came, then, then you can be following an idea that's not well formed. Right. And, and that's, uh, there's a, something that you've been saying over this last few days I've been with you that I'm just loving. It's the idea of, are you willing to die on that hill? Right. And there's, you know, it's like, okay, you heard a different belief than what your parents have been prompting you towards. And now all of a sudden you really like that one. Are you going to attach yourself to that one? Are you willing to die on the hill for this particular new belief that has been introduced to you? For me, I find that there's a lot of things that just aren't just don't they they interest me but they don't interest me enough for me to die on either side of the hill. Right. So I'll have a well-rounded knowledge of them and I could get into a conversation and I'll hold my own. I wouldn't be boring in it, but it's not something that I've by any stretch of the imagination anchored myself into. And college gives these people gives all you students out there listening, you have such an amazing opportunity to be introduced to a thousand different beliefs on any given day. How much of it are you going to absorb and create as your own and are you willing to die on the hill that somebody else has already firmly planted their flag upon? Right. Well, so here's another phrase that I know you're particularly fond of is choice points, right? Love so it. You, you live in L.A. Let's say you're going to go down to San Diego for the weekend, right? How do you get there? I would drive. Okay. Why would you drive? Why, why would you make that choice? If I took the train, I wouldn't have freedom of movement when I arrived in San Diego. If I took the airplane, I would have, uh, again, less freedom of movement. The train, I'd see beautiful things, but it would take a lot longer. An airplane, I don't really want to deal with LAX or Burbank. So I take the car in order to have freedom of movement when I arrive and freedom of movement along the trip. And then when you get in the car, what route do you take? Whatever one Google Maps tells me is the most efficient. Uh, I would probably take the interstate because I'd want to get there fast. And again, I'm more of a destination person than a journey person. And I'm working on that. So, all right. So a couple of choice points for you there, right? First, the first choice point was to drive yourself, right? And then the second choice point was to depend on Google to tell you which way to go, right? Now, if... And this was really bad with Google in the beginning and Apple Maps especially. They would just take you into a dead end. Yeah. You know? Apple Maps. I still don't trust Apple Maps. So, so, um, so your choice to depend on them may be well-founded, maybe not. But you're, you've made those choices for you to wind up on a dead end and then say, well, doggone you, Google Maps, you, you led me to a dead end. I would say, why did you depend on them? Right. You chose to turn on this road that had a sign that said no outlet, right? Or dead end, different different parts of the country. But you chose you you made the choice. You turned on this road. You were following instructions. Okay, but you saw that sign like ah, the sign's wrong. Google's right, and you kept going. And now you're on a dead end. Who yeah. are you gonna be mad at? <laughs> right. 
And I do this in the city too. I'm like, okay, I get where Google or Waze is trying to take me, but I already know that this way is going to lead me to a better light. And I already know my way. Right. So I'm not going to listen to Google in this instance. It can just pick me up back when I get down further down the trip. Now, Waze is interesting because Waze takes traffic into account. And I, and I can tell you, I, I do, I've done a huge amount of travel in my career spent a lot of time driving around cities that I had no idea where I was, right? And I I didn't know north from south, and I'm just, it said turn right, I turned right, okay? Um, those two map applications, Google Maps and Waze, are both, they, they can tell me within two or three minutes when I'm going to arrive somewhere. And they take traffic into account. And even though I've got the way I like to go, or maybe this was the way I went last time I was in town. That's the way I know someone to go that way and not really pay attention to the map. The map knows that now they're doing construction on that bridge and it's going to take you two hours to go that way, right? But I made a choice point. I passed a choice point, made a choice, and now I have to live with the consequences of that, right? And so for your audience, that choice point might be driving. It might be going to class. It might be doing an assignment. It might be staying up late or going to bed early, right? All of those choice points have their consequences. And sometimes we can deal with those consequences and sometimes we can't. Um, But we have to accept, as individuals, we have to accept that those consequences are the results of my choice, even if my choice was to listen to somebody else's instructions. And that's where we start to get into the personal responsibility aspect of this conversation. Because when you're in high school, when you're, throughout most of your life until you get to college, you're pretty much just being directed by all the adults in your life. And as long as you get up and go to school on time and you bring home the grades that your parents are expecting and that you're desiring and, and you, 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 you show up to your, your sporting event on time and, and you practice like the coach wants you to, for the most part, you just keep getting patted on the head and told that you're a good boy or a good girl. You go to college and all of a sudden you have a lot more freedom out there. You all know that. Well, even during a pandemic, you still have so many choice points throughout your given day, and they're all up to you. No one's monitoring your every little thought. No one's asking you when you're going to eat. No one's going to ask you when you're going to do laundry, how often you vacuum your floor, do your dishes. These are all your own personal responsibilities now, and you start to look at the cause and effect of the things that are happening in your life, and if you think everything's happening to you and not because of you, then you start to give up the power that your personal responsibility provides you. Well, so things can feel like they're happening to you. And and maybe the COVID is a great example of that, right? We just finished recording an, an installment of the radio show, which is business-oriented, right? And we talked about how the, the, the onset of COVID and the subsequent lockdowns and movement restrictions and mask wearing and, and all those things were foisted upon us. Those were not our choices. We were made to do that. Okay, sure. But you can, it, it's, it's just like going to a store and being mad because somebody else there is not wearing their mask, which is a thing here. It might not be a thing everywhere, but it is here because there are some stubborn people who just refuse to do it. Well, you made a choice to leave the house. I mean, there are very few places in the country where you can't have groceries delivered now. Right. Right. It, it, and... <laughs> I mean, almost everywhere you can at least drive up in the parking lot and they'll bring them out to you, right? So to be mad because somebody else is making a choice that that you think is impacting you, well, you made the choice to go in the store, right? I mean, see how, I mean, 
there's a series and, and we might make thousands of choices a day. And I, I, I equate it to driving, right? If you're going somewhere, if you're leaving your house and going somewhere, do you sit in the driveway until all the lights are green? Or do you get in the car and start driving? And then this intersection will be green. Good. I go through that. Next intersection's red. I'll stop. Next intersection's green, but here comes a car who's not going to stop. So I wait, let that idiot go through, and then I proceed. And, and I'm making, the reason I'm holding the steering wheel is to make these thousands of tiny adjustments in between point A and point B and the navigation that has to occur to get there. Well, if I don't make those tiny adjustments, am I still going to get to my destination? Probably not, right? So I, I just have to be aware that those choice points are going to occur. Some of them have a greater consequences, greater impact than others. Um, and, and then deal with those. And, and, and from my perspective, um, you know, I, I like to say dollars make dimes or dimes make dollars rather. Um, a bunch of little decisions can add up to a big decision. But in, in reality, as with P4F, right, there's really four or five big things on your plate. Make, make them a priority in your day. Yes. Right? Do those things and then the other things will kind of take care of themselves. Well, when we discuss all of this into the big umbrella of all of the conversations, even just the podcast in general, it's 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 rising people up to a whole new level of emotional intelligence, physical maturity, mental acuity, and spiritual awakeness. Right? These are the yeah. my these are my four main components of life. And when you start going through all that, that you literally are going through all four of my major components that we deal with in life: physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, and. For those of y'all out there listening and thinking, well, where, where is it that I can be putting more effort toward growth? That's where this personal responsibility begins to step in because you are literally in control of all of your choices. All of these choice points come up. And when you start thinking about cause and effect, which I know we've talked about before, and you've heard his green light analogy come out of my mouth before, cause and effect, you know, okay, I, I, I showed up late to class because traffic was bad. Well, if you'd have gotten up 30 minutes earlier, you'd gotten that into Google Maps, perhaps you wouldn't have shown up late. Well, I would have gotten up 30 minutes earlier, but I was extremely tired from the night before. Well, why is that? Well, because I stayed up late talking to a friend on the phone for two more hours, right? Like you can just keep rolling it back and realize the choice points that got you to showing up late that day for class can go back days. Now sure. you don't you don't want to get lost in the weeds on that, but now that you're aware that this is happening, you got to be future casting what these decisions are ultimately going to lead you to down the road. I I think the important thing to realize, and, and you can very easily get lost in the weeds doing that. I I think the important thing to realize is to use it for awareness, right? To say, you know, I feel pretty crappy this morning, right? I I really can't concentrate in this class. I don't even remember what what the lecture was about, right? And you can back that up to, well, it, you know, it's an early Monday class, right? So three months ago when I signed up for this class, maybe I shouldn't have taken an eight o'clock Monday morning class, right? You, you can go that far back, but don't live in the past. Use it right. for awareness and say, okay, next semester I'm not taking an 8 a.m. Monday class. I'm, in fact, on Mondays, I'm not going to take anything before one, right? I mean, you can you can learn from that. And if, if you learn from it, then it is not a failure, right? It, it's a 
It's a learning point. Right. It's a feedback. Right. But we can we can choose to live in the past and relive all of those decisions all over again and just suffer. I, you know, Tony Robbins says that pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Right. And suffering is just choosing to, con- to stay in your pain. Right. And that's why when we go back and we relive those experiences over and over and over again, right, we are choosing to keep living in our pain. And, and that is by definition suffering. Now, you know, some people will challenge that and say, well, you know, the starving kids in, in Africa are, are suffering and that's not their choice. No, it, it's not their choice. But how they respond to it is. Right. I mean, I have a good friend who uh, went on a trip to Africa and um, to, to do some missions work and asked some of the children there more. What do you want? What do you want the most in life? And one of them said a pencil. He said, why do you want a pencil? And he said, so I can learn to write. That's easy. Right. Yeah. And so it, for me, it's easy. For that child, it changed his life, right? So the the perspective that you put on these choices that you make, you know, we can make a much bigger deal out of stuff than it really has to be, or we can, or we can go the other way. We can make it, you know, feel like it's insignificant when really it's a, a life-changing choice. I, I'll tell you a quick story that happened to a friend of my daughter's. When she was in high school, she played... Um, she was in sports. She had a teammate who had already gotten a scholarship offer from a Division One school, full ride scholarship to to play. Um, their season was already over. It was just finishing up senior year of high school and then move on to college ball. And um, she made a choice. This teammate of my daughter made a choice to have a few drinks before she went to the ball game football game and went to the football game and at the gate walking into the football game was a cop and she was obviously intoxicated and he arrested her because she was underage. She lost her scholarship for that. Right. One choice that a seemingly insignificant choice um, that had a huge impact on the rest of her life. Driving is another great example, right? Should I bust this light or go ahead and stop? Right? I, I mean, I can tell you, I, the other daughter, <laughs> our other daughter, uh, had a wreck, and she was broadsided by somebody that just decided to bust a light and almost killed her. Right? I personally, I think while it would be devastating for me to be hurt in a wreck, I think it would be more devastating to know that, you know, I had hurt somebody else and, and, and irreparably damaged them for life. A seemingly insignificant choice can have a lifetime of consequences. I have a buddy who says that accidents can take seconds to occur and a lifetime to make amends for. And I definitely, the last time I ever had road rage was in my 300ZX in Orlando, Florida. My ex-girlfriend, well, she was my girlfriend at the time. 
Uh, she wanted to go to McDonald's to get a McRib. We were in a turn lane. Mm-hmm. I put on my right-hand turn signal to get back into the, the driving lane. The light turns green, and the car decides it's going to speed ahead and not let me over. I get angry about that. I swerve. I get around, and I slam on my brakes in front of that car. It causes them to yank the steering wheel, go into the median, flip the car over, get T-boned by a Cadillac driving in the opposite direction. They end up in traction for like nine months. I end up going to court over it. Luckily, just got slapped on the wrist for an illegal lane change when it was not just an illegal lane change. It was a act of violence upon a stranger yeah. just simply because they, they didn't in, 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 in the court, it came out. They didn't even see that I was trying to get over into the right hand lane. I'm 20 years old, 21 when this happens. And I've never done any kind of uh, road rage since because I'm like, okay, th- 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 it, this is not the place for that kind of anger to show up. And now whenever somebody cuts me off or anything like that, I just simply laugh. Like that's yeah. that, that's my pattern interrupt, and that's what we're looking right. for you guys to understand is that there can be pattern interrupts in any kind of rage machine that you might get yourself into. Uh, what was it? You know, let's let's touch upon the drinking for a moment because it's one of the reasons I started this entire show is to really you know get at college students and get you guys to understand that there's so many choices you make around your habits that you will have to contend with for the rest of your life, and this is where personal responsibility comes into play. When Tom's talking about not taking classes on Monday mornings anymore. One of the reasons that you may not want to do that is because you got hammered on Saturday for the college football games, and now you're recovering on Sunday or getting hammered again to try to get over the hangover, and now you're waking up on Monday and you're still hammered and hungover. These are, these are I think, the most important decisions college students need to be making around when it comes to personal responsibility is their relationship with alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Well, again, it's one of those seemingly insignificant things, Right. Well, college is about having a good time. College is about exploring different things. And, and and besides, everybody else is doing it, right? And, uh, okay. I, I mean, <laughs> it's difficult for me, right? Because all of my kids are grown, right? Our youngest child now is 27 years old. Um, so I hear those kind of things and I think of my kids, right? So I don't. It, it's hard for me to answer that and not come across as granddad or, you know, parents. But um, but literally the answer, if everybody else played in the road, right, is the first thing I think of. You can begin to set yourself apart now, right? And there we talked about this, you know, the other day when we were just chit-chatting, but there is a script in life, right? And one of the things that happens is when when the herd believes that you are trying to leave the herd, they it's like a magnet. They want to keep you in the herd because if they see you escape the herd and be successful, then they know they could have done it too. And they don't want that. They don't want you to escape the herd and be successful because then that puts more pressure on them. They have to look at themselves and say, well, why didn't I escape before yes. or during or why haven't I escaped yet? Yes. So all of those people who are laughing at you and and poking fun at you for not drinking, right? Or 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 you know, trying these drugs. It it's because they want the the affirmation of the whole group that it's okay for them to do it. Yes. And if some people start saying, No, nah, it's okay, I'm not gonna do that, then they know somewhere inside them they know, oh well, I could have said no. Right? And so if you, it, it's just, let's go back to driving. 
Uh, no, that's, uh, this is a bad example, maybe, but um, I used to tell the kids when I was teaching them to drive, don't let the person behind you drive your car, right? Don't let them being in a hurry, up riding on your rear end, be flashing lights, blowing horns, waving, you know, flipping you off, whatever. Don't let them drive your car. If If they're in that big a hurry, move and let them go around you. At least at that point, they're in front of you, right? So don't let somebody else make decisions in your life, right? For your life that could have these lifetime consequences. Don't let somebody guilt you into taking a drink. Don't let somebody guilt you into running a line. I mean, it might not have any impact on them, but you turn around and Mm -hmm. get in an accident on the way home. And now you're paying the consequences for it for the rest of your life for letting somebody else tease you into doing something that that you had doubts about in the first place. And and I tell people this all the time. I tell clients this all the time. When I make them an offer, I'm like, look, if this if this is not a hell yeah for you, then say no. Right? And and I would tell your audience the same thing. If you're not absolutely, yes, this is absolutely without a doubt the right thing for me to do, step back for a minute and say, mm, I don't know. Let me see. Well, and I love uh, so much of that. You know, it reminds me of the of the crab analogy. I think it's crab. Was it lobsters? If you put lobsters in a bucket and one of them starts trying to crawl out, they'll yank the lobster back in. Because yeah. again, her mentality: if you can escape over the over the side of the bucket, then I could have already escaped over the side of the bucket. So I don't want any confirmation that that was ever available to me. Because now I can be happy in my little bucket. Right. Right. And, and for you college kids out there, and again, I spent twelve years in there. I got thousands of friends that I've met, I can assure you, I know a lot of the circumstances you're going through and there will be those opportunities for you to be peer pressured. And there's a meme I posted on my From Sobriety to Recovery account on Instagram some while ago. And it was, don't let other people make decisions for you that don't have to deal with the repercussions. And so if you know you've got a test the next morning, and I know I was that guy, come on, just stick around for one more drink. Come on. Some people would say yes and some people would say no. The point is they, they already knew what they really wanted to do. And you already know what you really want to do. And so don't go out drinking with people or say, okay, I'll stick around for a couple extra drinks. And when we all turn our back to go refill our cups at the keg, just dip out and just roll. And the next morning, what happened to you? I had to go home. I told you I had a test the next morning. So you have these opportunities to make your own decisions and don't let somebody else make them for you. And I, and I get, trust me, I get what it's like to be a teenager and a 20 ager and think, well, I don't want to, I don't want the herd to reject me. In college, I had so many different groups of friends because I wanted to know that my drinking every night was socially acceptable. So when a certain group didn't want to drink on Tuesday night, I had another group to go find. And now looking back at it, so many of my friends went on to be wildly successful in their lives. I remember thinking about how, man, you used to drink just as hard as I did on Friday and Saturday. And they'd be like, yeah, but where was I those other nights? I don't know. You just, you weren't around. I was always partying with person Z. And they're like, yeah, because those other nights I was off studying. And every night I knew if I found you, a party would ensue. So you were the guy I came to to get drunk with because I knew every night you were getting drunk. And you don't want to be that person everybody knows can be the one to find for the crazy party. You want to be the person on the outskirts who, when it's time to unwind, you go find that group of people. And I think this is where that personal responsibility steps into play. Be okay leaving the herd, because honestly, now here I am, God, you know, over 10 years having graduated from college, 
no one remembers all those parties, mm-hmm. but we're all living in the now where I can see the success that those people who cared about college and got their four O's and got their magnum cum laude. I can see the lives that they created for themselves. Meanwhile, I had to live with all those decisions I made in my twenties and I had to ultimately get sober at the age of 40. So you can either choose now to be in better control of your habits or you can down the road contend with them. Right. Yeah. And, and it's those choice points are going to occur whether you're ready for them or not. You know, that that's the other big thing. Um, we can only make the best decision we can make is the one that needs to be made right now. And we can wait for perfect information. Um, it, it's it, it's hard, right? It, <laughs> life is hard sometimes. Um, you know, it's like my daughter. She did everything right and still got hit by another car mm-hmm. going 60 miles an hour. Now, I mean, the other cars break skid marks were eight feet long. That's how much of a break got applied to a 60 mile an hour, 2000 pound vehicle before it impacted her broadside and hit square in the, in the driver's door. I mean, her seat, the driver's seat was in the pass. It was where the passenger seat supposed to be. And the passenger seat was in the back. I mean, that's, that's how huge the impact was. Um, you can do everything right and still get broadsided, but if you make the best decisions you can, you put yourself in the best position to survive that. And, and I'll, I'll share this. I mean, I know we're getting really close on time here. Um, my older daughter would like to go. We, we lived in Dallas when she was in high school. She would like, she wanted to go to the one o'clock movie, right? One o'clock in the morning. And I would say, no, I don't want you to do that. And she'd say, well, you, why don't you trust me? I'm like, yeah, I do trust you. But you're going to be on your way home at 3 o'clock in the morning, right? At 3 o'clock in the morning on this 12-lane interchange, you're going to be the only car sitting in the in the, the left turn lane waiting to turn left and go this way with your brakes on, those red lights. And the drunk driver behind you is going to see those red lights. And out of 12 lanes, it's going to plow into you. But if you're not there, he can't do that. Right. So the choice point was not whether or not you can go to the one o'clock movie. It's why didn't you go to the 11 o'clock movie? Right. Take yourself out of the position to have to make that three o'clock choice. Right. Um, If you're worried about going to a party and getting getting drunk, don't drive to the party. Then you don't have to worry about driving home. Right. Might you have to sleep on the floor? Yeah. Done that a few times, you know. Um, you can get a ride with somebody else and call an Uber or whatever. But the, the point is, if you just take 30 seconds and think about what the potential outcomes are and which one of these decisions is going to move me closer to my ultimate goal, right? That my daughter's friend that, that played ball that got arrested, if she had thought, you know, will having this beer move me closer to my goal or further away, Right then then she might have made a different choice. And that, that choice would have had a lifetime impact. Well, that's a great point right there. Okay, what ultimate goal was that young lady looking for? Was the right. ultimate goal to have fun at the football game? Well, then, yeah, drinking those beers may have seemed like a really great idea whenever she was having them, but was the goal to be able to get inside the football game? Because that clearly didn't happen. Was right. the goal to be able to go to college and have a successful college career? And you know, who knows what would have happened if she'd have played college ball. 
right? That didn't happen. And so that's what we're asking for you all out there to just start to look at the personal responsibility, the cause and effect. You know, I only got arrested because the cop was at the gate. Well, I mean, okay, that's one scenario, but you also could not have shown up drunk and you wouldn't have gotten arrested at the gate at all, right? So don't blame the cop for being there for why you got arrested. Blame yourself for showing up inebriated whenever you knew you shouldn't have been doing that anyways. Right. And this is and this is what we're talking about, all these little choice points that you have. You know, Tom brought something up great earlier that you can't possibly know every single scenario, but we do know that right now there's a pandemic going on and you're trying to figure out what class is going to look like now versus in a month from now and what your finals are going to look like. And you have little control over whether they're going to move things online or let everybody gather in a big room and just start screaming out the answers. You just don't know what they're going to ultimately decide to do. But you can at least, and we talked about this on the radio show just now, Tom, you can at least think about the different scenarios that are going to come about. Think about what some of your options would be if they shut down classrooms and moved everything online. Don't just say, well, I can't study at home because my roommate's always there drinking and doing drugs and the dog's always barking and licking my foot. Okay, well, where else could you go to study? If you just simply say, well, I want to study in my living room and I can't because there's all this noise. That's only one possible answer to, to of, of infinite options that you have. You have to look outside your little box and be willing to push yourself into an uncomfortable zone in order to really step into a new and better comfort zone. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's and a lot, I mean, some choices you have control over, other choices you have less control over, right? Who wins the presidential election? I'm not, I, I, I can make a contribution to that, but I can't really decide that on my own, right? Uh, but it's going to have an impact on a lot of things in, in our life. So, um, I, you know, I think the big thing is to think through what the possible outcomes are, what the pos- possible results are, and then kind of no matter, <clears throat> excuse me, no matter which situation presents itself, you're not surprised by it. And and being surprised, I think, is the thing we want to avoid, right? Um you know, my daughter's friend should not have been surprised that that happened because she knew that there were police officers at the football game. Exactly. Any more than you should be surprised that if you go out drinking the night before you have a big test, that there will be some people who ask you to keep drinking past your predetermined curfew. If you go out drinking at seven o'clock for penny beers and you're surprised that at nine o'clock people are trying to talk you into staying, you did not fully think through the decision. Right. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of people will push back against that by saying, well, I can't know everything that's going to happen. And no, you can't. We were talking the other day about, you know, 9-11 and, and where, you know, a, a city had to deal with two hundred story buildings collapsing within the course of a couple of hours. I don't think that that was in their emergency plan anywhere. Let's turn to the tab where the, these buildings collapse. That wasn't there. Um, You know, this year, 2020, did did anybody, when they were making their plan for 2020, say, well, now, you know, in in March, that pandemic's going to break out, so we need... No, Mm -mm. but but we knew something was going to happen. There'd be an ice storm. There'd be a tornado. There'd be an earthquake. There'd be a hurricane. There'd be, uh, you know, whatever. We knew there was an election coming up at the end of the year. So all of those things we can say, okay, well, there's an election coming up. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. How are people going to respond to those two things? Where do I need to be, right? I was telling you the story, and and this is way outside 
context zone for your audience. But when I was in the Army in the late 80s, 89 specifically, is when the I was in Germany and the, the Berlin Wall came down in November. I left Germany in April. I did everything I knew how to do to get back to Germany because I knew there was going there was a party going on there that I didn't want to miss. I didn't make it, but had I thought through, if I just looked at the political landscape that was going on, instead of leaving and going to a different duty station, I could have extended there for another year and been there. But I didn't do that. I didn't bother to look around and see what the context was. I was too wrapped up in where I wanted to go next. Right, and I missed out on the best one of the great parties of the world ever. There will be those times where you should manipulate your time to be at the best party ever. That's one of those. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been one of those. And and you will look back, and we're going to wrap up on this because I know I've got you guys almost at forty minutes here. You know, when I look back at all the parties that I sacrificed my own future for, that I sacrificed my own mental health and my physical well-being for, most of those don't even resonate. They don't. I don't even remember them. I do remember going to England for the millennium and going to a rave there, and that I will never. You know, their tagline was, uh, "It'll always be with you," and it is. It literally is still with me. I can remember that night to great effect. You need to be out there thinking about picking and choosing what nights you stay in because this test means a lot. And you won't remember taking that test four years from now, but you'll know that getting that A in economics is what helped you get into that AP class here or this advanced placement thing there. And ultimately, these decisions start to stack up on themselves and you will find yourselves in a much better position if you just take a little self-awareness along the way. Or, or even here's another great example because we're in football season kind of as we record this, um, maybe going to the game, maybe tailgating all day long before the game will leave you in a place where you won't remember beating that, you know, winning that rivalry game. You might see video of yourself celebrating, but not remember it. Um, you, you know, put yourself in a position to to enjoy what is going on and to make those memories and to remember those events um, and, and be able to tell your kids what that, the, the rave was like, what it was like when you beat your, your big rival, won that rivalry game. You know, depending on what your perception is out there, and this will be my, my closing comments, you might think, well, this is some really insightful advice coming from some gentlemen who've experienced a thing or two. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really going to take this in and, and actually become more self-aware and, and more aware of my choice points and my cause and effects that I'm creating. And, and I'm going to be more personal aware and I'm going to take on my personal responsibility or like Tom just uh, instigated in that little side comment, you're thinking you're listening to two old fuddy-duddies and you know all the answers and what the hell do we know? Uh, I think more along the lines is you just just think about the choices you're making. How many concerts are you going to spend $115 drinking beer and you're going to miss the favorite song that you came there to hear and you're not even going to remember the show that much? How many sporting events are you going to go to and you're going to barely be present, let alone connected to the, your friends and the rest of the game for it's just, isn't it remarkable how many people, and, and I think society has got us programmed to think it can't be a good time without alcohol. Right. And it, did I mean for this whole episode to start becoming this sort of uh, conversation around booze? In a way, yeah. In a way, I think that I have been, I've been sort of 
dancing around the idea of why I created this show to begin with, which was to get people to really start thinking about the habits they were creating in college and in high school and and post-college and start asking yourself, are these the habits I really want to have as a 40-year-old? Because I can assure you the drinking and the behavior I had in my 20s was no longer that acceptable in my 30s because the people I started hanging out with didn't want to do that. I could have found the people who are ready to do that. You can find the people who are ready to just stay status quo in the herd, don't really want to push themselves, or you can become the version of yourself that leads a new herd towards amazing new places. Absolutely. Be, you know, if you can't find a herd that's going the direction you want to go, start one. Yes. That, that might be, out of all of this, that's some pretty, that's some pretty amazing advice right there. You know, I and I, I shared this in something we recorded the other day, that um, if you think you're a leader and nobody's following you and you're just going for a walk. <laughs> yeah. uh, but every leader begins by going for a walk and then getting other people to go along with them. And, and even if it's just for a portion, right, that they might not make the whole journey with you, but if they just walk with you for a little while, um, you're leading. Exactly. And that's what I really want this show to start moving toward is a more focus on that. This isn't just college success habits. These are life success habits. This is a leadership show. This is really getting you to question the decisions you're making, not to prove whether you're right or wrong, but to just ask yourself, am I self-aware enough of the decisions I'm making? There's a YouTube episode, uh, YouTube show, YouTube clip, whatever, uh, where this shows this guy dancing at this at this concert. Really weird. Have you ever seen this one? Yeah. And it's in the guy voicing over it talks about leadership, and this guy's dancing all crazy. And one person shows up and really almost to mock him dance, but then a second follower shows up and they talk about it's that second follower that ultimately starts the entire thing. Now now it goes from mocking him to now they're joining him and maybe even the second one. But by the time the third and then the 10th, now people are just, they're like, oh, I don't want to miss out on the fun dancing. Everyone sitting around this guy probably wanted to be dancing as fun as he was, but they felt like, I, I can't do that. I wish I was as free as him. He looks like he's having fun, but I'm going to make fun of him instead. 10 people later, he literally started a dance party and before you know it, it's a mosh pit of people. So what happened was the herd changed, right? Originally, the herd was comprised of people sitting around watching and listening to the concert. But the herd metamorphosized. A new leader emerged, and then one follower, and then two, and then three, and then ten, until the herd mentality that had kept people glued to the ground was now putting a spring under their butt and having them come over and participate in the dance. It's a really cool video. It's a Simon Sinek video. Okay, so go out there and Google that Simon Sinek video. And, you know, think about that. Like, you know, yes, it might start you on a walk, and maybe nobody's with you. But eventually, somebody's going to see you and be like, where are you going? Because... 150 of us are going this way. Be like, well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go this way. I I don't know what's out there, but I I want to try it. I want to check it out. And then one person might join. Okay, well, cool. I like the unknown. Let's go. And before you know it, you've created your own herd. The herd mentality went from let's all sit here, listen to the music, and make fun of this joker dancing like a fool. Before you know it, the herd mentality switched to we should be up dancing like this guy. He's having a blast. And before you know it, it was a mosh pit. All right, last comment. I know we're trying to wrap up. If you're not the leader. The scenery never changes. Be the leader.
You're, you're always looking at somebody else's butt if you're always following somebody else. <laughs> right. All right. That's a great way to wrap it up. Be the leader. Guys, this is College Success Habits. What we're actually out here doing every single day is just giving you amazing advice that you know, you'll know you take it or you'll leave it. You'll have to listen to this episode 74 more times before you actually even take any of it to heart. It can go either way. I will tell you this much. I really love shooting these episodes in a actual studio with microphones standing in front of me. I feel like I'm on a radio show and I'm not. And it's so cool. So thank you, Tom, for having me in your studio and joining me here on the College Success Habits today. It's been a fantastic experience. My pleasure. I think you should come back here and record more often. I should just get my RV and move and live in your front yard. They have offered that to me, guys. They have literally offered that to me. And I'm thinking about taking it. If you guys want to know about more about Tom Rigsby, where would they find you at? If you guys want to start up an amazing, successful business and you want more information on how to do that, Tom's going to tell you how to figure that out. I have made it remarkably difficult to connect with me. You can just go to Connect with Tom. And uh, that will show you all of my socials. It'll show you all the websites. Uh, I do I do spell it differently. It's Tom, T-H-O-M. But connectwithtom.com, or you can go to my website, tomrigsby.com. It's like Thomas without the, without the as. I know. Yeah. You, I just blew your minds. I just drew that connection. You weren't even thinking of it. You know, Tom, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. If you guys want any kind of information at all, uh, I've had Tom on multiple times. I'm going to continue to have him on because I think the conversations that we uh, procure when we're both on the microphone together are absolutely sensational. Hit me up on social media at Jesse Mogul at From Sobriety to Recovery. If you're in, if you think that you might have a drinking issue, if you think that you might have an addiction, if you think somebody else around you could use some assistance in that area, From Sobriety to Recovery is the name of that podcast. I've always my book is available on Amazon. You can go over there right now, type in college success habits. It's fantastic. Those seven principles will change your life. I really think I just want to keep talking on this awesome radio broadcasting microphone, but for now I'll leave you be inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow until we meet again, my friends be splendid. Bye-bye. 